Hello, and welcome to Paradox, untold stories from athletic directors with Dr. Danielle LaPointe and Dr. Dustin Smith. We have some crazy and unique stories for you, which are made possible by our sponsor, Wall of Fame. At the Wall of Fame, our mission is to bring your school's legacy to life. We transform school tributes to make it easier than ever to celebrate your whole community, showcasing your school's diverse history, proudest moments, and top role models. We understand that the true value of our Wall of Fame is in your content. Whether you are starting a new tribute or adding to an existing one, we give you all the resources you need to build an interactive experience and take your content to the next level. Speaking of next level, let's check in to see what Danielle and Dustin have for us today. Hello, everyone. Uh, We have an exciting episode for you today. Um, We are going to welcome Kyle Lemieux. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. We are very excited to have you here today um, from Wisconsin. We've had a couple of Wisconsin guests, um, and I and I love working with with Wada out there. But um, Dustin, how are you doing over there today? Man, I'm I'm living the dream in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, just having a a good day. It's cloudy out, but man, I, I'm excited to bring some energy and have some fun here with Kyle. I've gotten to know him through our cohort. He's in he's a member of the NIAAAU cohort this year going through the executive leadership cohort. And um, now this may be a couple firsts that we have. One, I don't know that we've ever had an associate principal on as a, as a guest. So he he shares that role with the, with his athletic director duties. But Kyle, I, I just want to ask from the get-go, what does associate principal mean? That's a great question. Um, yeah, it, it means that I do whatever anybody else tells me to do. Uh, <laughs> no, I so yeah, I wear these these crazy dual hats where um, no two days are the same. But you know, I get to take a, a a swipe at student discipline. So, for example, I have letters S through Z. I'm sitting in IEP meetings this morning. I was in a couple of social studies classes. I work with our student services department, attendance, all these other things. So. You know, it's kind of like living a double life because I, I'm fully immersed in that aspect of our work. So we have 1,200 students here at Waukesha West, so an admin team of four, including our principal and me and two others. And um, so there's, you know, for this ship to stay afloat, we're, we're doing a lot of shared responsibilities. And so that becomes part of it. So once upon a time when I started this, they said, I think the AD duties will be 60% and those AP duties will be 40%. Uh, I'm not so sure that is accurate. Uh, and my running joke is that there's a lot of days that feel like it's 100-100 and the, the calendar just explodes. But um, but yeah, so that's, you know, in, in our district, the way that we uh, move leaders around, I, I kind of go off the idea of I am, I'm an administrator, I'm an associate principal that happens to be in charge of the world of athletics. And you haven't always been in an athletic director role. You've you've worked your way through maybe even a non-traditional path of um, coming out of school. So talk a little bit about your path to to the chair as an athletic administrator. Yeah. So um, I was I was definitely always one of those guys growing up. I was the, the the kid of two teachers, and so you know the the education path was just kind of hey this is this is what we'll do starting physical education. And of course, you know, you're out hunting for that first job and you're going to hope that somebody's willing to pay you for this whole teaching thing. Right. So started in elementary PE land for a few years. Uh, I was a, a baseball coach during that time. 
And um, with some overlap, I was I was um, hired as a head varsity coach that happened to lead me to a role at a different high school, actually across town. And um, all during that time, I also happened to be doing my, my master's program to get my licensure. And then sure enough, um, the year, the May that I finished my licensure, there were a few jobs that opened up. And one was the school that I was at as just a, an associate principal role. And I thought, well, all right, this is it. Like, I, I'm this is a little sooner than I thought. I mean, I was I was a young guy. I was I was 28 at the time. Like I and I even remember asking my current principal that I'm like, what do you think? Like, if you tell me no, that's OK. Like, I I, I get it. Like, I, I need to kind of learn and grow and do these things. And I was encouraged to apply. And that was great. And it just so happened that um, I didn't finish number one in that. But I think that was an incredible blessing because through that process, the people over here were like, hey, you didn't apply over here. And my response was something to the effect of, well, yeah, it's Waukesha West. Like, I don't think you're looking for me. And sure enough, a few weeks later, we're going through the interview process. And uh, and here we are. So going into my 12th year in this role, I've um, apparently fooled enough people that I've I've stayed here wearing blue. So. Now, there, I, I mentioned early that there's a couple of firsts. One, an associate principal we haven't had. But two, I don't know how many schools or how many guests we've had that have had alpine skiing and snowboarding as sport offerings for their schools. So uh, talk about those. And maybe because I'm from Oklahoma and in the South and Danielle's in Florida may not be a common theme, but you have that common theme and having some alpine skiing and, and snowboarding as, as interscholastic sports. We, we do. And so they, um, I, I would say, and it's funny that you say, you know, obviously in Wisconsin, you associate like the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field, right? And it's always cold here. It was 85 degrees here yesterday. And so it's, you know, we're, we're going through the highs and lows too. But Friday night football, I'm sure I'm going to be wearing a winter hat because it's supposed to drop like 30 degrees, right? But yeah, so ski and snowboard, they've been... Uh, and, and technically still are. They're not part of our state association, but they're club sports status. Um, and so similar to other sports like lacrosse was for a long time, it's finally this year becoming part of the Wisconsin um, Association Tournament Series. Um, I, would, I would put bowling in that category too, where you know we kind of have this dynamic of we have so many kids who are doing these things. We have this group that... Um, looks like they represent us, talks like they represent us, right? They kind of have that feel. So we should probably jump in and make sure that we are, you know, providing the right oversight and, and making this happen the way it should. And so sure enough, we have snowboarders that qualify for state and national competitions and, and alpine skiers. And um, if you watch even like the state competitions, um, the way that they they broadcast them, it looks like you're watching the Olympics. I mean, it's it's really cool. So, yeah, I, I think Wisconsin is interesting because, you know, you say we, we have all four seasons and the unique part about Wisconsin is you can experience all four seasons probably within the same couple of weeks, um, <laughs> the way that it goes back and forth sometimes. And so it's, you know, do we have those like dog days of winter? Sure. But it's it's interesting how it comes and goes. But yeah, so with snowboard and, and ski, um, those programs have now blossomed into groups that are you know, 30 plus kids and um, in a school of 1200, I mean, that overtakes some of our more traditional programs. So it's good stuff. Yeah, they they have great people, great coaches at the at the reins there. So um, exciting to to see that grow for sure. 
in Arkansas, we had a uh, trap shooting, which was through the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission. It wasn't sanctioned by the Arkansas Activities Association, but it was similar to what you're talking about in snowboarding and alpine skiing. Um, but it was unique to Arkansas. They were having trap shooting and they have state and they do their competitions that um, were, were not, they still fell under athletics, but it wasn't under the umbrella of the Arkansas Activities Association, which was unique for the state of Arkansas. So I, I can relate to that. Sure. I think those I think those opportunities are just great for kids in general. Um, I went to school, a high school in New York, and um, we had a ski club. So we like every Wednesday we would get on, you know, a bus. They would take us up to the mountain, and we would go skiing all night. And they would, you know, bus us back late. And it was not like a competitive thing. Um, sure. But I absolutely loved it, right? And you're exposed to all of these new things that you're doing. Um, so I just think the more activities that we give kids, whether there's a you know state series or not, is great. So I love hearing that for sure. Yeah, ice fishing, is that something that would be on the radar for Wisconsin? We definitely have fishing club. And uh, they are they are brave enough to endure all weather. And so a couple days a week, even right now, they're getting out on different lakes and areas. And sure enough, they will definitely be ice fishing this winter. So have you ever ice fished? You know, I haven't like I, I'm I, I don't know if I'm a true Wisconsinite in a lot of senses. <laughs> like I, I don't really fish. I, I don't hunt. Right? I don't own a gun. I just there's just there's a lot of stereotypes that I probably don't fit. Um, maybe my accent is thick enough to carry the day across all of those stereotypes. I don't know, but. Um, yeah, so I, I don't think I fit maybe that traditional mold, but you, you probably wouldn't want me with a, a gun in my hands or a fishing pole in my hand, frankly. We'll, we'll see. But my kids love it, um, so I'm, I'm happy for them. Well, let's talk about what we like to do is just um, we, we've kind of touched on a few things about what you do in the workplace, but let's talk about what, what's life like not as the athletic administrator or associate principal. As you know, you said it's 100 and 100. I mean, sometimes you are locked in on both of them, but what does Kyle like to do outside of work uh, for fun? What's the resume not tell us about who Kyle Mew is? Sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm super lucky. I'm married to my beautiful wife, Bethany. We're coming up on 18 years and actually just a couple of weeks here. And so we've got three kids, an eighth grade boy, a sixth grade daughter, and then a fourth grade son. Um, and they, you know, like most households, they are what the entire schedule revolves around, right? So um, I obviously love coaching and love sports, given the profession that I'm in. I also prefer to control the chaos and control the crazy, which means that a lot of their teams, I end up being coach, right? So uh, for example, right now, my oldest son, you know, I'll have a U14 baseball team for him and then my youngest, a U10 team. I am the head coach of both of those. And so if you looked at our family calendar from beginning of April to the end of July, there's probably four or five days in there that don't have baseball. So that's good, you know, but everything else uh, is. And miraculously, the last two summers, if you add it all up, it's probably, I don't know, 130, 140 games, right? Just as many practices. We've had something along the lines of five days where we've had an overlap, where I've had to go to the younger team coaches and say, hey, sorry, guys, I can't be here for this one, right? And it's usually because we're in the same tournament or something, and we have a overlapping bracket play, whatever it might be. So, um, you know, having been a varsity coach, but now entering into this role, and part of entering into this role was giving up my coaching duties and and 
um, being able to, you know, kind of set that aside for now. I always joke that I, I I treat 10 year olds and 14 year olds like they're varsity athletes now. And so just get to, you know, um, get after that with them. Uh, starting in a couple of weeks, my daughter, she's playing some sixth grade junior hoops in our program. And so sure enough, I'll find my way to the bench with, with her. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, the play football, my daughter's going to play softball. There's, there's a lot of things like many sporty families that, um, that we're involved in, but our family also loves just downshifting, right? Like when you run the sprint and maybe you relate to this, like my day, I go and I go and I go. And then I get home and my kids make fun of me because I fall asleep on the living room floor. Like I don't even, you know, get upstairs some days. And so when, when you're running that sprint, sometimes it's just nice to downshift as a crew and sit outside on the deck, just enjoy a fire, you know, do the, do the s'mores kind of a thing, take the walks, just kind of have that, that guarded family time. So uh, we try to find balance. I admittedly am not very good to borderline awful at it at times, but uh, trying every day to to make it a little bit better. But yeah, and we're you know we're involved with our our, our church and things like that. Our faith's important to us, and just being able to yeah live a life of fullness. So that's kind of where we're at. Now we you talked about the seasons and you get all four seasons sometimes in a span of a couple of weeks. I can only imagine April baseball uh, could be challenging thinking, at times. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, how can they play baseball for that long? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's rough. And so actually at the high school level, we were one of the remaining States that had summer baseball until I think it was six or seven years ago now. So when I was a head coach, our, our opening day of practice was May 15th. And then you would go through the middle of July kids would have maybe a couple of weeks off and then August 1st football was starting and and you'd go. And that's how I grew up in high school too. And so the shift now to starting mid-March and having essentially indoor practices all the time. I mean, up on my top of my priority list are things like our facility upgrades of turfing our softball and baseball fields, because like all of you, I'm sure like the, the official shortage is real. And it's bad enough when you have to build your original schedule, but then all of a sudden when you're stacking games because of rescheduling, um, it turns into chaos. And so, yeah, the, the ability to get outside, it's, it's a whole new brand of, of baseball, right? And the idea that you could be in 88 degrees in a couple of weeks and, and sweating your tail off, but yet yesterday you had a winter hat on as you were playing the outfield and it was sleeting into your ear and it's, you know, like 41 degrees, right? Like that's same season, same, same drill. And you got to figure out how to play through it. But interesting indeed. Uh, we really, yeah, we like turf here, but um, it's uh, obviously an uphill mountain. Well, let, let's talk about, let's paint on a map. We've said you're from Wisconsin and you, um, you briefly mentioned Waukesha West and where that is. So let's paint on a map where oh. that is so people know where that is. We know that they snowboard and alpine or and ski and ice fish. So <laughs> we have a general direction here. General direction. So head that way. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so Waukesha is about a half hour west of Milwaukee. And so if this was like the state of Wisconsin, Milwaukee, well, no, that's Green Bay. Sorry. So if this is Milwaukee, right, then Waukesha is probably tucked in right there. So um, you know, the, the nice part of Southeast Wisconsin is everything's generally close. Everything's within more or less a half hour away. Um, Madison is an hour from our parking lot right here, kind of a thing. So, um, it's, it's, it's a good spot. We enjoy it. Um, 
you know, this, this is Wisconsin is an interesting state. I, I'm sure like others where, you know, we are pretty tight as far as our conferences and the, in the competitions we have down here, whereas you could go to Northern Wisconsin and people are driving multiple hours for a conference event. So we are fortunate when it comes to that. Okay. So we go ahead. The only time I've ever been to Wisconsin is I went to the athletic director conference there um, like a year or two ago and it's in November. Yep. And Dustin, you're going to make fun of me, which is fine, but it was so cold. Like it was the beginning of November. I wasn't anticipating it to be like it was, but like my lungs like froze when I inhaled. It was <laughs> a whole nother level of cold. And now they did say they had like we're having like a little cold streak come through, but I remember getting off of that plane and I was like, no, mm-mm, too much. <laughs> it's <laughs> so, funny because the week of WADA, that first week of November is typically, I always say this to my kids, like, oh, I wonder if it's going to snow this weekend because that's typically the first time you might start to see that, or at least it seems that way. Um, but no, it's funny you say that because I, I recall it being kind of cold and wanting to walk outside to get a little bit of fresh air instead of staying in the stale, you know, hotel air mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and thinking like, that's fine. It's like 20 something. It's cool. It's a couple hundred yards across the parking lot. Like it's I not fine. I, I, I have a long sleeve on. We're good. Right. Like, so yeah, it's funny how that, uh, how that works. And it's funny how you get used to it too. Right. Where, you know, for, for kids in Wisconsin, especially it's like, they can be freezing because it dropped down to 62 when they were used to it being warm. But sure enough, in March, if you're driving around and, and it hits like 41 degrees, every kid in Wisconsin be like, time for the coat to come off. Let's go. <laughs> so That's very oh. true. That is very true. But yeah, I was, I was surprised. It might have snowed. I can't, I can't remember. I was just, was so, so cold. Uh, you have cold days in Wisconsin, but the threshold is that the there has to be uh, uh, winter, not winter weather, but a wind chill warning, which is negative thirty five. And so, if you can't hit negative thirty five, you're you're coming to school. <laughs> Danielle's from lives in Florida now, so <laughs> you can imagine. <laughs> thirty five is when like. Hurricane winds get or tropical storm winds get to thirty five and the buses can't go out, right? Because yeah, so the biggest thing is if if you mm-hmm. were out negative thirty five, it'd be a matter of I wouldn't be out and mm-hmm. frostbite, especially for your younger riders. <laughs> so, um, but that is the kind of weather where when you walk out, it's kind of that little like it takes yeah. your breath away, right? I think I find it fascinating that, you know, we have kids across the whole country who are competing in Florida and Oklahoma and Wisconsin, and they're all battling these different weather uh, circumstances and how and how you adjust for it and whether in indoor baseball, you know, um, I just find it I find it really interesting and um, I, I enjoy that. But, yeah, it's cool. Well, let's, let's talk about the fall. I mean, you're in football season and mm-hmm. I looked at your schedule and like your finals are November 17th. Right. Right. Which, you're hitting. Think about a baseball. You hit a baseball or a hit. You hit, you know, a baseball when it's that cold. Your hands want to like break off. It hurts so much, right? We, we literally have the dialogue like with our youth teams of which bat are you using today? Because if you're using a, compa- a composite bat and it's below certain temperatures, you're going to ruin it. And so, yeah. you know, how how do you go back and forth? But yeah, it's um, it hurts a little differently when when you're getting hit hard in that weather, um, but it's you know it is what you know, right? 
but Mm -hmm. yeah, I've definitely, so years back in 14 and 15, our, our team had a chance to go to the state finals for football. And so it's right in that middle of November timeframe. And I, I'm not too proud to admit that I definitely had snow pants on at those games because it was, it was legit cold. It was like 12 degrees. It was, it was nasty. And then there's 12 and then there's like windy stadium 12 and you're not moving the thing. Right. So yeah, we were, we were in for the long haul. Well, we can, we can talk about weather. Um, mm-hmm. And that's not why we had you on here. Obviously we, we wanted to get on here and talk about some stories and some things that you've observed from your from your chair. And the thing that Danielle loves about this podcast is the opportunity to just hear stories um, and just the things that you've experienced uh, and just, just an opportunity for us to gut react. Uh, when you tell the story, then we're just going to ask questions based off what you've told us. And, and some of the stories are, man, they're head scratchers of how they can even happen or why they even happen. And so we're, we're excited to listen to you to your stories and we just open it up for you. Just go ahead and, and tell us, start us off with a story about stuff that you've witnessed from your chair. Yeah. So as I was thinking about, uh, you know, sometimes you get asked like, well, how did today go? Or like, what did you do today? Or, you know, what, what's the biggest, you know, issue you've faced this, this year. And I often kind of look and I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I can't remember what happened this morning. I need to check my calendar or, Maybe there was a big situation that happened two weeks ago, but it really doesn't matter now because it's resolved itself and we're on to the next big thing, right? So it's interesting kind of reflecting through that. But I did last winter have a very interesting um, offer from our parent group of of our, our one of our basketball programs. And so um, long story short, we had a JV team that was was struggling and kind of the classic you know uh, denny green like they are who we thought they were right like sometimes i think there's parents who are just really shocked at the idea that we didn't go 22 and 0 and the idea that we didn't get that jv basketball trophy is is just astounding right and it's like well again you are who you thought you were right your talent and, and where you stack against others that's going to lead to the results we see, right? And we can work hard and stand for good things and, and and coach our tails off, but sometimes there's other factors at play. Well, this parent wasn't really excited about the performance that they were seeing within the program. And so we started to get my, myself and the head coach, these very interesting anonymous and, and sometimes cryptic emails. And, you know, like when you open the email and it's not just like two sentences of like, you know, you don't know what you're doing, figure it out yours sincerely, right? This was the the book, right? The multi-scroll, like, wow, somebody must have been working on this for a few weeks kind of a thing. <laughs> and um, basically what it said, I actually went through and I I, I had to find some of them uh, today and, and, and print some of them, but more or less uh, accused our, our coach of being completely inept for the position. By the way, this coach has <laughs> been with us for 10 years. He's a great guy. He knows tons well, about baseball, right? And we're, All- we're talking about JV still. JV. Okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and 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 our varsity coach is top notch. He's terrific, and and so yeah, it's just all centered on on JV. And of course, when things go wrong, it it's not everybody's fault. It's one person's fault, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so and that the, one person's not their child. That one person is the coach of their child. Correct. Okay. Correct. Um, and so. Uh, I, I'm scrolling through this email, right? The first time you get one of those, you're not reading word for word. You're just trying to kind of siphon through like, 
what, what's the big idea here? What's the point, right? Like I got other things that are popping. And I get to, uh, I'll, see the, I'll get to the bottom. So he had sent a few emails previously and he finally got to the point where he said, uh, lastly, I didn't receive apply to my previous email. I'd, I'd appreciate, uh, you know, at least an acknowledgement of, of what I sent. And what he wanted an acknowledgement of was that he thought this coach was so terrible that he had an offer. He had a proposal that we would, as leaders that understand basketball and want to do what's best for kids, immediately act and remove him uh, as that JV coach. Um, we weren't able to know who this anonymous person was. However, at the time that we put out a mass publication or announcement that said, we're removing this person from his role because he's no longer good enough. And we now have an opening. At that time, granted, middle of the season, right? He would then step forward and announce himself and, and come to the rescue, if you will. And um, what was really interesting is that in some of his announcements or in some of his deal making, he said, you know, I, I, I don't need much. I just need complete roster control, complete game day management. And um, I'll leave the administrative stuff, right? The other 90% of coaching um, to someone else. Somebody else can can manage that. And so I remember getting a few of these and calling my head coach and be like, all right, we have a few options here. We can either be like, what, what the heck is this? And, and be pretty irate, or we can choose to laugh. And I said, because let's be real, this is funny, right? The <laughs> idea that someone thinks that this would actually happen, right? And if somebody sends it once, you're like, okay, that's a venting session. But this person is anonymous, though. Like, you don't know who this person is. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. it could... They they're anonymous, uh, and I probably went five head. emails deep without replying. Right? I said, if, if you're going to be anonymous, you don't deserve my reply. Mm -hmm. Right? So we're just going to let that let that be. And um, what what happened in in you know future emails was he just again he started making these deals apparently with himself because I was not the one bargaining. Um, but <laughs> one time um, before a game, he said, um, this is a preemptive email, right? So normally I would wait like until the conclusion of the night. And by the time I was like leaving my office after the varsity game, I had an email waiting for me. Um, but I got one early in the day one time uh, as a preemptive. And he basically said um, he had these deals, right? Like if we score 20 or less points in the first half or score less than 50 points in total, accounting for garbage time, then the coach steps down. Right. Or if we score more than 20 points in the first half and we score more than 50 total, I stop reminding you how much we need a new JV coach. Right. So he's just he's kind of bargaining with himself. And uh, eventually, I, I yeah, eventually got to the point where I thought he might be having some negative conversations with those around him. Right. So you got one person in their own headspace versus now transitioning into um creating a toxic culture. And obviously we don't want that. Right. So at that time, the coach and I decided, Hey, okay, let's reply. Let's have a measured approach here and how we do this. And so I basically called him out and I said, if you want to engage in a productive conversation, you can let us know who you are and you can come meet both of us at this time with your son. We'll talk about this, right? Like that, let's go face to face and discuss what your issues are. And so his reply uh, at some point was the idea of, 
you know, you, you're deflecting, you know, the idea that you need to know me uh, has nothing to do with this. Um, but then he says, uh, but since you're saying that uh, to start this process, you need to know my name. Fine. My name is John. <laughs> His name is not John. Uh, <laughs> and so, oh yeah. He's yeah, lying oh. to you now. So now not only is this person making a big thing about a JV season and anonymous and then making like these deals up in his head which i can't even imagine like the conversations he was having in his his head but now he's he's and he wants to be part of your staff in theory if you meet his conditions almighty powerful emailer and but now he's lying to you about what his actual name is too yep and so it's interesting because i think somewhere down deep right like with every frustrated parent I, I kind of tell our coaches, like, there's probably some golden nuggets in there. They're actually probably right about something, right, along the way. Or, like, there's something we could take to to grow and improve upon. But the unfortunate part is when parents don't engage productively in the in the process, this happens. And, and we're not really interested in nor open to their feedback anymore. And so... Uh, so it's interesting. So this this kind of happened. I mean, we're talking like 10 plus emails throughout a short section. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot. It was like clockwork. Like coach and I were like, all right, did you see it yet? Okay. Yeah, we saw it. You know, um, and so what was interesting was I, I gave him one shot in my reply. I said, you, can, you know, let us know who you are. We can do this. Um, if you choose not to, you can count this as the last email because I, I won't be replying again. And so he had some other, you know, run-ons that he decided to, to send our way, but saw that he wasn't getting a reply. Well, sure enough, later in the season, so this would have been dated, yeah, like early February, so almost the end of the year, our coach gets an email from one of the parents. And it's um, interesting because the way that this person writes, the way that they frame sentences the way that they describe the issues that they're observing well it looks pretty familiar you know <laughs> so um we received that and and looked and and then we kind of thought well what do we do now right now we know now we kind of have this this idea of who this person is right and and they don't know that we know but we know right and so we were just about to actually get together one day and like kind of figure out how we'd want to craft that. And then sure enough, my coach went back and he saw that the email had been deleted. And so it was no longer sent. You know, you can kind of almost go and like grab it back kind of a thing. We definitely have copies. However, you know, that person just kind of took it and, and went. And I was like, oh, that's that's too bad, right? We almost could have engaged in a conversation, hopefully productive, but but we didn't. So for going forward now, um, yeah, when we want a good joke, it's the idea of, hey, I don't need much. Just complete roster control. <laughs> so well, here's my question for you, Kyle. I, I've, I have attended several J- JV basketball games, and the crowd is not, let's say, ample. Uh, it's, <laughs> so were you ever sitting there thinking, all right, I'm just going to walk up and start asking, hey, John, just start the conversation by, hey, John, <laughs> just see what kind of response you get. Boy, the temptations are there. Uh, I, I didn't. There were a few times that I sat relatively close to because when this first started, we were we were like, it's this, this, or this person, right? And so we kind of start playing, 
a little bit of investigator. And I mean, it was pretty quick in in our process anyway to figure out we believe it's this person, right? And so, yeah, I definitely kind of like had an eye. Um, but what I also found fascinating was there may have been a point in time where I definitely knew who the person was, but I'm not so sure they knew who I was. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, you know, you kind of watch it, right? You're in a gym, peak side eye, whatever. Like, if somebody's that frustrated, I mean, I've had people that frustrated with me, right? Where like they can't help it; they look, they're, they're looking through you, right? Um, that was that was not the case here. Like, I never had one time that it looked like this person was like given the the stink eye or anything. So it made me kind of wonder, like, I, I wonder if they maybe they have no idea who I am, and that's fine, right? Like, that's cool. Um, but it was it was an interesting development. So okay, so the guy that you thought that it was was it actually that guy? Yeah, it was okay. And um, th- this was JV. So so this this person's son ended up playing, going all the way through varsity. So this this person is actually still around. And uh, <laughs> yep, yep. And so we'll see how that transpires, right? Like mm-hmm. you know, I, it's not the son's fault. <laughs> um, and so he'll get every fair shot and do whatever comes his way. But, uh, but it, it is interesting to think through like, all right, now, now that you know these things, right? Like, how do you, how do you, I mean, I think I'm going to have to keep myself from, from chuckling a little bit on, on certain game days and event days, because it'll kind of be like right there. So we'll see. I think that you should be careful because these are like, psychopathic tendencies <laughs> don't be alone in the gym right that yeah. parent <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's uh you know what i find interesting about most parents um that are kind of of this tune is they're usually really well spoken they they can articulate an argument they have the the niceties and the the like the good natured part of things and then there's just something in there that goes, whoa, we, we just, we went way off the road, right? Like I was with you, I was tracking and I'm not anymore, right? And so um, that's too bad. Like I'm big on getting people around the table and and trying to really problem solve. And, um, you know, it's ironic where somebody can be so frustrated that they're willing to send crazy things like this, but yet not so frustrated that they won't come to the table and chat. So. Well, he didn't want to be at the table. He just wanted complete roster control. He he made the deals with you that if they scored 20, I'm assuming that they'd had a hard time scoring 20 and a half or 50 for the game. So those were barriers there. Those were uh, levels that were going to be hard to achieve for him to be able to take total control. Yep. Yep. So it's too bad. <laughs> but hopefully – Better days ahead. I mean, goodness, I, I would say I'm still open to that conversation, right? Like, I, we all want what's best for kids. We just might have different opinions on what that really means. So so did it just stop or did the season end? Like, how did it come to a close here? Yeah, uh, I, I think the season just kind of came to an end. And maybe the realization that, you know, that changes like that don't happen. You know, they're not going to happen. And um and and we just kind of move forward so it's it, it maybe that was the process that that person needed to go through to you know work it out of their system i i don't know um i am curious to see if we we have a restart i wouldn't think so because of you know the changes but unfortunately if you can think that way about one person 
I, I think you might be prone to think that way about others as well. So we'll see. But my my question is, my sarcastic side would have come out at some point, and I may have started bargaining with them. Okay, <laughs> if we score for the entire game, will you shut up? Or will you not send me any more emails or whatever you may have had as a bargaining chip on your side? That, that's what my mind would have gone to. I probably wouldn't have done it, but I would have thought about doing it. One of those you know delete. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do what I would have thought about doing, going up to the stands and being like, can you guys help me find this crazy person who is emailing me? They're saying these ridiculous things. They're so far off base. Like, does anybody know who this person could be? <laughs> Like yep. ripping them right in front of their right. face. I wouldn't have done it either, but I would have wanted to. The temptation is there for sure, right? <laughs> like you said, it's not like it's a group of 300 people you're searching through. Uh, and, you know, sometimes, you know, it's that whole like people know, right? And you're kind of the whole like, like, is that guy, right? Uh, which, which, is, which is too bad. Again, like if that person called me today and they're like, hey, I actually want to talk about this. I would, right? But but again, we have a process. Like I, I'm not big into the complaint sessions. I, I want to problem solve. I want to make it better. So uh, but it is tempting by all means to to go down that road. What was the was, email address they used? Was it like you at gmail.com or something? They created their own uh email and it was it was like a yeah, like a walk show us hoops kind of a thing. Which I'm like, okay. oh, I wonder how that wasn't already taken. Um, number one. But then, yeah, I mean, it's great. Like, so we'll get, I'm sure you guys kind of have the same, like the anonymous letters thing, right? Like this happened in the community. I always kind of get a kick out of, all right, there's no return thing, but I can tell it went through some post office in Milwaukee and came back through. Like, that's a lot of work. Like, that, that's a ton of effort. And instead of just, you know, giving a call, coming through. But did did the JV coach know that this was taking place or was it just the varsity coach? That's a great question. Uh, he did not know. So we kind of made the decision of like, listen, this is so over the top and out of bounds. There is no good that comes from others knowing this. Right. And wow. I, yeah. And so that that's an interesting piece because and, and I'm I'm sure you guys kind of face the same of I constantly kind of walk that that fine line when it's the parent complaints, when it's whatever, like. Again, I'm big process. I'm I'm systems oriented, right? But if I can cut something off at the pass and just squelch it so it never has to arrive to the coach, well, I'll gladly do that, right? But what what's interesting is, you know, some coaches they they want to be in the know, right? Hey, if this person that person like totally. And other coaches, you know, I, I know or I can tell, like it it just kind of beats them down, right? Even when it's completely false, it means nothing when you put as much time and energy and effort into this and then that's the response it's it's defeating and so you know, i've kind of had to learn with each of my coaches like you know who do i have that that big brick wall with and i protect versus who do i keep inviting into the conversation because i think that's what'll make it better so so let me ask this question when he wanted complete roster control how big was the jv roster <laughs> Um, let's call it 12 or 14. Yeah. It was, he, was he trying to make trades? Was he going to, I mean, was he going to just not oh, play I, kids? Maybe there was like trades. A, a closet JV basketball fantasy league that yeah. uh, <laughs> concern, you know, was his, was his son playing? 
I think they were all playing. I think, you know, okay. one of the issues too was... Um, that was the problem. <laughs> partially that. And, you know, on any JV team, you've got a mix of probably freshmen and sophomore, right? And when you're struggling, sometimes roster changes happen, right? Like, all right, this didn't quite go how we thought it would. Maybe some of these younger guys deserve an opportunity, right? And so as you start to see some of that going on, um, you know, people become territorial and don't always love what they see. So I think it was unfortunately a grand mixture of all of these things that ultimately led to the the novels that, that were received. But Novels? I mean, you mentioned the work that it goes to sending it through the post office and getting those letters, but you don't write an email of that stature we'll say um that many words in five minutes i mean it's something that has been brewing for a while so that took some time some concentrated effort to create the email to write the email and have all the issues and already have it ready to you by the time you go home from the varsity game absolutely Absolutely. It just blows my mind that somebody thinks they're going to get a result out of an anonymous email. And even like borderline threatening, like you fire this coach and I'll step forward and take it over. Like it's, it's very weird to me that that somebody thought this was a good idea. We should do that. This is a good idea. Let's do this. I kind of equate it to the whole yelling at the official and things like that. Right. Like you missed that foul. Oh, you're right. I did. Hey, I'm going to change my call. Right. Like I've never seen that ever at a high school event. And and so, you know, when I have orientations and whatever, we tell the same thing, like you can have your moments, you can have your frustrations, but the idea that you feel like you have the license to say it, I, I mean, like part of being an adult is you think it without saying it. Right. And you have a filter and some restraint. And so, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's this cross of like, kind of frustrating because you you want you know a positive culture um feeling kind of sorry or sad for that person because that's their preferred method of problem solving um but then again like you go through so many things in this job sometimes you just need to look at it for face value and go that's so ridiculous it's funny like it's it's really it's completely outlandish so well, and and I think that's an important takeaway. We talk about takeaways for stories, and I think that's important because all of us get anonymous letters or get emails that have how we could do our job better um, if if we had their their viewpoint. I, I started this job, and and the first quarter of our first football game, I got an email, and it said rhetorical question: What's wrong with this coach? <laughs> and I'm thinking. <laughs> You actually sent that? I mean, we're a quarter in. We're not even a quarter of the season in. We're a quarter of the first game in. And the question is rhetorical, by the way. Then why put that in an email? That's what I don't understand. Why put it in an email if it's a rhetorical question? And do they really want me to respond? You want to, because I'm like, if you're down by the sidelines or something, right? And you're reading that email, you again, you want to turn around to the crowd and go, I don't know. <laughs> right? Like, Got me. <laughs> Got you. I don't know. <laughs> I just, oh, it just it just blows my mind the the audacity that some people have because they pay five dollars they can say whatever they think they can they can say like if I paid five dollars I couldn't go to their office and gripe about whatever I had one person tell me um Dustin I pay taxes so I should be able to use the basketball facility whenever I want and my response to him was 
I pay taxes too, but the police chief's not going to let me take the squad car out whenever I want to, <laughs> just because I pay taxes. I don't go bust the snowplow out for my driveway. I'd be right. done. I mean, <laughs> right? Like, but the audacity that they have to be able to say and make that statement, or this guy making the deals with you, bartering with himself, I guess, that you're going to say, you know what, that's a great idea. I think that, yeah, if we don't score 20, I'm going to let you coach for a day. I, I was a no until this point, but now that you've <laughs> that deal. Yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> I was a no, and now it's a no-brainer. I'm, I'm in. I just decided. <laughs> you can't, just, uh, you can't rationalize with irrational people, right? right. Unfortunately, that's sometimes how that goes. But I tell people all the time, common sense is not that common. Mm -hmm. And matter of fact, we should call it uncommon sense because people having common sense is really uncommon, in my opinion. I, I don't but, use the phrase common sense anymore. <laughs> That's just part of like our job, like the AD role though, right? Like you are trying to do everything right and you're behind the scenes working hard for kids and trying to give them the best experiences possible. And you just get anonymous emails like blasting you. Like what? Like what other profession does that happen besides education? Or you're just like, it's it's just mind blowing, like Justin said. Like, not only is there audacity to say these things, but people actually believe them. I should be able to use this gym because I pay taxes. Like, what? Yeah, what? No, this isn't the way this works. This <laughs> alternate reality, almost. Um, one of my favorite quotes, um, Dr. Brene Brown. Um, she's talking about the whole um, Teddy Roosevelt blood, sweat, tears in the arena kind of a dialogue, and so she flips it and she just basically says. Unless you're in the arena fighting the fight with me, I'm not interested in nor open to your feedback. And so the idea of like, sometimes like I'm all about harmony, right? I I, I want people to feel heard and validated and, and, and part of this experience. But sometimes you don't know all the ins and outs. You don't know that half hour conversation the coach and I just had. You don't know the struggles that that other kid down the street is having. And so um, thanks for your feedback. But the reason I have this role is because I'm going to make the choices I think are best for kids and best for our school. So uh, we might disagree, but it is what it is. And so if if that's your feedback, so be it. But if if yeah, if we're running around town and, and saying these crazy things, I'm not interested in. And it's maybe easier now as I get further along in this profession. I don't think I would have reacted that way in my first couple of years. Um, but now I'm just more and more willing to say, we're good. Thanks. Right. Have a good day. And you, you insulated the coach because the coach is putting countless hours, countless time into their season. It's not like they take it for granted. They're, they're not just showing up and saying, hey, I'm getting a paycheck. They're watching film. They're trying to coach kids to get better. They're putting in the time. And you insulated said JV coach. But now you and the head coach get a get a kick out of it, if you will, because you know, hey, it's approaching. Have you gotten your have you gotten the email yet? Because I know it's coming at some point. And just the the opportunity to just kind of laugh about it. Yeah. Because it's not serious. I mean, at the end of the day, it's something as you mentioned that when we got started, you think about something that happened two weeks ago that was a priority then, all of a sudden has been solved and that you're on to the next day or the next thing. So you're not even worried about it anymore. But this is just a recurring thing. It's like a nightmare that just keeps happening over and over and over again, waiting for that email to come. And you know what's coming, and the statements are pretty much 
you can almost predict what's going to be said, except for the bargaining tour, the yep. tools that he had. Yep. Yeah, that was weird. I just, I was just trying to envision myself like opening that, being like, "What? What? <laughs> what did you do?" But, but Dustin, Kyle has another story for us too, though. Yeah, so this was a little bit different one, um, and maybe not quite as as long winded, but this was an interesting challenge that um, actually we faced as a conference. And so, um, a few years back, we had uh, an official that um, apparently had had secured or started to use uh, an emotional support animal. Now, let me preface all of this by saying you know, service animals and, and mental health and people who are in need of, of this type of assistance and support, 100% valid. It it makes tons of sense. We want people to get what they need and um, not be judged for that in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but that being said, this was new territory for us as athletic directors in our conference because what happened was without really much communication or or planning, we started to have an official show up at contests in our gym with a dog and the dog wasn't necessarily like, you know, labeled or had anything. It just dog on a leash. And that official would show inside. up. What was that? Inside. Inside in our field. House. Yep. Okay. And so as this official would start to get ready to perform their duties, um, you know, somebody has to take care of this dog. And so if it's, you know, earlier in the day or, hey, the varsity team, they can help watch the dog that is currently attached to my bleachers. And then, you know, <laughs> later on, um, and the varsity has to take <clears throat> action. Uh, JV, it's your turn to be pet sitters. And no, no, no. And, and so we're looking, okay, how how do we approach this, right? Because there very well could be a valid need or, or reason, right? Again, I'm not here to judge that, but I also see a dog sitting across my gym that might get hit with a ball that is a essentially unsupervised beside the random girl that that person doesn't know, but it's okay to have them watch their, their pet, their support animal for a while. And, um, you know, it was kind of one of those things like it happened here and then it happened here. And then all of a sudden we're at a conference meeting and we're like, wait, it happened by you too. <laughs> Before you knew it, like it was just, it was coming throughout. So uh, I think we had to essentially put a squelch to that and say, Hey, you know, again, we understand like if, if it's a, a service animal and something that's documented and, and, you know, the you know, specific needs, well then of, of course, like there's a process for that, but the whole dog inside emotional support, like I, we just, we couldn't but, get there. Okay. But like, the whole I, I, that's even fine if he's bringing you this for emotional support, but there's nobody watching the dog. That's the problem. It's unsupervised why he's working. If he if he brought like a dog sitter that sat there with him, this yeah. probably wouldn't even be a conversation. But he's trying to, I guess, pawn it off on somebody else. With which, what happens if they got bit? Like there would be so many liability issues going through my head. So Maybe. like I agree. Like you know we have a, we've had on this show like some emotional support roosters <laughs> what do we have we had we've had a horse a horse yeah we've had some animals but like the person at least stayed with this animal but sure. just to like wrap it around the pole and be like stay here while i'm working is 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 mind-boggling to me 
Yeah, and it wasn't like, you know, you, you think about the the traffic flow, right, and how events look. It wasn't necessarily like, hey, this might be a good spot. Like, let's go in this corner, right? The the Then the animal can feel safe and not at a heightened state. But no, I think we're going to kind of put it right on Main Street here as as people enter and just, I mean, I was like, is this going to turn into like the the, the petting zoo? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this, right? Like how to make this good. And then I'm worried too, like, this is somebody's animal. I don't want the animal to, you know, be hurt or, you know, while they're unsupervised, something happens to it. So just many questions, lack of communication, um, and just from the outside looking in, a, a whole lot of wonders there. Well, so. how does said dog handle crowds? How do they handle somebody coming up and just trying to pet it? You know, because little kids are going to come up and just say a dog and they want to pet it. Um, and then my other question would be, did he provide bags? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, so these were all of our questions. Now, thankfully, I think I can report that I was never witnessed or reported uh, as having to see said bags in use. Um, but uh, that was my first thought, right? Like, is is somebody going to feed this thing? And then again, like, oh, there's popcorn and airheads and this thing. Like, is that okay for this dog to just be eating up off the ground? I mean, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of questions. But they didn't like say, "Hey, I have a you know an emotional support dog. I'm gonna come. They'll be fine. I'll take care of them. I'll put them in there." So none of that happened. You were just at a game and you saw a dog and you were like, "What?" Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just picturing just like the old <clears throat> double doors when you come in. They have the bar in the middle. Like just wrap it around there and just let it sit there. And hey, I'll come back and get you in a little bit. This is like, this is a, you talked about first, Dustin, this is definitely a first, the official bringing the animal to the game. It's normally a fan for whatever reason, but an official who's actively working. It's supposed to have a hundred percent of tension on what's in front of them. Well, and I, and I was trying to kind of dissect through too, like, so if it were the case that this person struggled with, with anxiety, on one hand, I want them to be able to have the tools so that they can perform their duties. But on the other hand, you do kind of wonder, like, if if you're the lead official of uh, a varsity event, that is a demanding, important, potentially anxiety-provoking role. And so, is is that the 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 place for you, right? If if that's the extent that 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 needs to happen. So, yeah, trying really hard to not, you know, cast judgment or or paint any picture like that, but. We we were as a conference group of athletic directors just sitting around the room going, I don't know what to do because on one hand, like I know what I want to do, right? Like see it, but on the other hand, like can we, right? Like you're kind of asking those other questions of like where, where, where do we have standing in this to, to kind of figure out the problem? So yeah, what legally can I do? <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, did you guys see the uh, the guy who brought a pet alligator as his emotional support animal? I did. And they denied mm-hmm. him entrance. Mm-hmm. He was on a leash. Yeah, where he was. was. With the harness. <laughs> was I this in Florida, it. Daniel? <laughs> it was. I don't think we could claim this one. I don't remember where it was, but I don't think it was. I mean, awesome. what do you do in that situation, Kyle? Somebody shows up, not the official. I mean, that, there's a whole lot to dissect with the official, but if someone shows up and they have a crocodile or an alligator, 
Um, and just from looking at it, you may not know the difference. And I'm sure in Wisconsin, you don't have to deal with alligators or, or crocodiles. Um, but if someone showed up with one, how do you handle that? I mean, I'm thinking like, we have signs at our stadium that say no dogs. So if there's a sign outside that says no dogs, like we don't even have the sign on our building because of the grand assumption that we're not going to bring a crocodile or <laughs> a giraffe or the large a, assumption oh. there, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Next, uh, pet panda bear is um, strolling into our, you know, our volleyball game tonight, but um yeah, you know, it's kind of one of those like the the whole Captain Obvious thing. You're like, if we have to put everything in writing, we're gonna have a problem. Yeah. And sometimes it just has to be, you know, these norms. But yeah, um, apparently, crocs and dogs and others fit the bill to come into buildings. Uh, I, I'm beginning. I mean, I'm going back to this official bringing this, and if that's an emotional support animal, and sometime on a. a crowd member gets on to the set official and maybe he has an emotional moment does he just call timeout and go over and sit with the dog and just kind of have his therapy moment or Dustin you know I'm not I'm not being (laughs) I'm not trying to be so we we thought I thought about that right and on one hand you'd love to say like sure like I mean if you needed that I'd, I'd give you the opportunity right as if you were asthmatic and you were having a breathing moment you know you can go do that however there's also a reality that if a crowd is already upset with you and then they see that take place, <laughs> yeah. they are going to eat you alive. And right. Imagine the emails you'd get after that. <laughs> yeah. We'd have people volunteering to officiate and given our official shortage, I might need to help them make that happen. You start <laughs> replying to those emails. <laughs> Here's the, here's the link for registration for our state association. Please complete by tomorrow morning. Yeah. I just uh, don't understand. Like, even if that was the case, even if what Dustin just said was the case, it is an unsupervised animal. That is the problem. That it it, it is just t- I, for the safety of the animal and the people there. It's just not a good idea. Like at all. Communication is the kicker too, right? Like yeah. we, we all deal with crazy things. And at least if I know ahead of time, I can try, right? Like, did the association know? Did your officials association know about this? Like, did you call them and they were like, I don't know um, what you're talking about? That is a good question. I, I cannot recall. Um, but it, it was, it word got out. Let's put it that way. Like, you know, AD's like, oh, yeah, that that one, right? <laughs> the next year, if you fill out the officials, you don't want dog official. <laughs> and what was interesting is eventually they couldn't, you know, we said, hey, we can't do that anymore. Um, and that person continued to officiate, um, which is good. I'm glad that they could still do so. Um, but then it also makes you wonder, like, was was all of that, was it necessary? Was it not? Like, you just kind of sit and wonder in that regard a little bit, too. But uh, that's the first. That's first. Well, you, you mentioned in the, in the previous story about you didn't know if said email person knew who you were and maybe that was a good time to be homer simpson and just kind of fade back into the bushes and maybe they didn't know who you were and you could have just said okay we got this dog here and they don't know who to to talk to about this yeah i and i i love animals like somebody would try to bring in a dog or a puppy puppies seem to be popular ones you know people want to carry in their new puppy into the to the stadium and I would be like, it is so cute. And I'd give it some pet. And I'd be like, but I can't stay. <laughs> like I, I absolutely love animals. But 
just having something unsupervised is just such a recipe for disaster. Yeah, it just you're you're asking for it. We actually at a soccer game um, just before school started. I walked up and they're like, "Kyle, we got an opossum over by the gate." I'm like, "What?" So sure enough, I look and uh, one of our gates swings and connects or kind of goes against a brick building. Sure enough, we got you know a little guy playing dead essentially. And, um, but it wasn't so little. Um, so we're like, okay, I need a plastic container. I need some cardboard. I need this and that. And then, um, okay. You know, like, can we softly nudge with the broom? Right. So people are like coming in like four feet away, like the pedestrian traffic. And I've got this thing. I'm like, if this little guy decides to go on an angry run here, this, this could be an issue. So sure enough, <laughs> crap, right. I'm like, like this out front with this container. Carried it like 400 feet down the way behind our baseball field, let it out and, and carried on. So, you know, I'm, I'm like, not that we have those guys coming inside, but I'm like, you, you just don't know. Animals are unpredictable, right? Like the dog could be uh, worse than the croc. Who knows? I mean, right. And you can't have a conversation with the dog. I mean, you can be, it's very one sided. Hey, you can't do that or don't buy it or whatever. And they may just do it anyway. I mean, it's. <laughs> Man, the the things that could could happen, um, and then are you liable for that because it's in your gym and it's a game that you have? Talk about a situation they put you in, right? He's talking about liability, but like, you're also like, am I legally allowed to tell this person no? Like, this is exactly why we created this podcast because these situations that we get put in where you have to make a really quick decision on your feet too. It's not like you can sit there and have like a conversation with us or anybody and, and be like, Oh, what do I do? You have to make a decision that you feel good about in the moment. And then you can, you know, go back and, and fix it or do something differently later. But like you, you, you just, it's like, you have to know so much. What's the laws around this, you know, or, sure. and am I breaking them by letting the dog in or am I breaking them by not letting the dog in? And like, it's just, it's, you have to know so much. We were talking about all the different roles, you know, in the weather, like babies are weathermen. Like you have to know a weather person. You have to know what's going on with the weather. And, and if, I, I kind of like the analogy that um, athletic directors are kind of like politicians where, you know, a little about everything, right? Just, just enough to almost be dangerous. <laughs> Hopefully you have a few lanes where you feel like you're, you're really confident and, and, and solid, but you, you need to be able to walk the walk and talk the talk as a weatherman, because, oh, I mm -hmm. understand lightning and I understand these delays mm -hmm. going to happen, right? How my grass field is going to react to this weather system coming through, right? And do I? Maybe, because <laughs> I've seen it happen there for 10 years, but I, I, not really. I'm not a weatherman, right? Like, that's what yep. those guys paid big bucks to to be wrong half the time for. So yep. um, it is interesting how you, you find yourself mm -hmm. thrust into the expert position when uh, you might still be stuck in the one-on-one -on -one course in a few But are you really the expert? Because then you get the emails from like your first story from the anonymous email that you're not really an expert on what you're doing. And they were, they, they obtained that title of the expert and they can tell you what they think you should do. Self-appointed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'd give that person a different title. <laughs> 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 yeah, we, we don't need to be canceled by the FCC because we oh, have okay. that language thrown around here. So, man, Kyle, yeah. I appreciate you jumping on here. I know uh, we talked a, a few times in the in the cohort, um, kind of a side chat. Just said, hey, I want to I want to get you on here because I've appreciated your insight. I appreciate your leadership style and 
and just the way that you're just honest uh, and you bring that forward. And, and I appreciate you taking the chance and saying, hey, I get on here and, and have a conversation. And it was fun on our end. I appreciate you taking the time to do that. Yeah, right. thank you very much for being with us today. Yeah, you bet. Enjoyable on my end. Always great to connect with uh, leaders in the industry. And, you know, I, I think anything that we can do as, as athletic administrators to, to grow and get better and have some fun as we're doing it. I mean, that's that's the goal, right? So thanks for having and me. And if you get another anonymous email, we're going to have you back. We want to <laughs> read on air. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I'm glad we checked, but I really hope I don't have to read anything. Right. I don't wish that upon you, Kyle. <laughs> I, I mean, Danielle may, but I don't wish that upon you. I don't. I don't. But if you do, we're gonna we're gonna have it again. <laughs> Deal. That wraps up this episode. Thank you for listening, and thank you to our sponsor, Wall of Fame, who excels at telling your school stories and supports us in telling ours. Check out the description of this episode for a link to receive a discount on all Wall of Fame products. We are looking forward to the next story and hope you are too.